Hello everyone, this is Friday Night at the Barbell with your host, myself, Carson, Josh, and Bryant. And as always, Bryant, I'll let you introduce these awesome guests because you have the best introductions. So, we have episode six, and with us today we have Millard the Mule Peacock and Chris Papa Smurf Lentini. Chris is a strength and conditioning coach out of Trussville, Irondale area. He has a gym, Iron Empire, and he also has a cult following of Smurfs, all with their own nicknames, and that's why everyone loves him. Millard is a 242 competitor, and uh, load the wagon is his favorite saying. That's pretty much all you ever hear out of Millard anyways. Load anyways. the wagon. And, where, and where's the deer? Where's, where's the, the moonshine? Yeah. yeah. Chris, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Tuscaloosa for yes. the evening. Thanks for driving out. Yeah. I drove back from Mobile just for you. Thank you very so, much. Had to, had to get it done. I think, um, Josh, did you want to start us off with any questions or how do you want to do this? So one question Millard asked, and I had a couple other people ask it to me. How do you come up with your names for your athletes? Like the nicknames? Yeah, like the nicknames, yeah. It's really, I mean, honestly, it, it almost just happens with everybody. So like, you know, the either an event will happen in training or, or at a meet or something like that, or, you know, just they're not ever contrived or thought about. It just, it just happens. Like every single person, just, it, it's so fluid. It's ridiculous. And then like everything seems to just stick correctly with that person's personality too. They're like, Hmm, that, that does kind of make sense. That's me. So it's, it's always been kind of like that. Yeah. It's a lot like normal sports nicknames i mean you, you see something happen on a football field and all of a sudden that person is called butters or whatever because of something they did so exactly it's kind of the same deal it makes sense yeah um josh what's your nickname the monster the monster i think yeah. he needs to be bbw smirk. big 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 bad whitey but you know you can infer anything you want out of that. Well, names do change. Yeah. Names do change. Wait, what did you call Pong Smurf? P A W G Smurf. That's that's uh, that would look good on a singlet. I don't know what your parents would say about yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier to explain the monster. We always start with a controversial question. Good. And you're the perfect person for this. So for you, I want to ask. Is water wet? Is water wet? Is only water if you touch wet. it, I guess. Water water is only wet by feel, so it's not wet just normally. No, not until you break the surface tension. Uh huh. Okay, we get another engineer type type answer. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like I got into a pretty heated debate one time about this. But I can't. I honestly can't remember what side I was on. But I'm gonna say, sure, water's wet. Sure. Yeah, I'll agree. It's wet. Yeah, it's got to be wet. Yeah, I would say it's wet as well. This is similar to like. Why I didn't even touch these jokes because y'all just keep going. You know, well, look. The fog, right, Josh? Yes, exactly. You know, BBW. There's a lot of ways to explain wetness, and I think water has to be wet. Yeah. 
It's like the definition. Yeah. Anyways, I think a lot of people want to know where, where the Chris Lentini of powerlifting started, how you got to this spot you're in now. Cause I've heard a little bit about your background in athletics and then just where does it go from when you started to how you got to where you are now? What's that movie? Very well. Where do I begin? No. Um, so like I said, in grade school and everything, I was always small. So, you know, it, my mentality was, well, I'll be as strong as I can. And then, you know, God gave me speed. So that was kind of like my niche. So that took me into high school. And then when I got into high school, I entered high school at literally like 90 pounds. So they wanted me to play varsity football. And I was like, fuck that. I was like, y'all are big, <laughs> you know? So my friends talked me into it and they're like, come on, you're, you're like literally the fastest kid in the whole school. I'm like, man, look at, look at how fucking tiny I am. So I ended up going out for football and ended up starting as a freshman doing special teams. So as a punt returner, I remember I returned my first punt for a touchdown in the playoffs and like everybody was like, where did you find this kid? And they're like, just don't fucking touch him because he'll die, you know. So, <laughs> so that was my thing. Like, I touch football was tackle football to me because if you grabbed me, I was dead. So um, I ended up becoming all state for sophomore, junior, and senior year, and I graduated only 135 pounds. But I mean, I just had to have like a monster work ethic to overcome my size. Um, so I was always the first guy to enter the practice, the last guy to leave every single day was a team captain. And that's kind of like what spilled into lifting later on in life. Um, I went to college and, uh, went to Boston and walked on there cause I had an engineering scholarship and I did not like the cold at all. So I transferred right down to Tuscaloosa. So I walked into, uh, Tuscaloosa. I remember, uh, met with Randy Ross down there. And uh, he's like, yeah, we'll have a spot for somebody that can run a 4-2. I'm like, all right, well, just put me out there. So uh, worked out with them, could not get on the field just because I was, you know, nobody from Louisiana. I was from a small division school. So, um, I mean, I, at least I got the side of it working out with weights and all of the strength training and training table information. And I still have all of my Alabama workouts today. And, um, you know, but I got to like rub shoulders with like Sean Alexander and all of them. I mean, they're all just cool guys and yep. see how they worked. Um, so what year was that? That was 96, 97. So I ended up, uh, just staying down there. I ran track for Alabama for a little bit. Um, and then eventually transferred to LSU, had no more eligibility left and, uh, you know, kind of just fast forward had three kids, didn't do anything at all for 15 years, did not lift a single weight, total dad bod, got up to like 190 pounds, yeah, <laughs> drank beer every day. So um, I got in a car wreck, and it tore my meniscus in five places in my left knee, and I remember going to rehab uh, after, uh, or right after the wreck, and they're like, well, you know, you're probably going to have to get surgery and you know, if uh, we repair this, then you're probably never gonna be able to squat again. And I was like, the first thing I thought about, I was like, okay, I'm like 
37 years old and you're telling me I can never do something again, and I started to get pissed. So I took all of that anger and everything, went through the surgery, got did all my PT work exactly like they said, did more, started going to a gym, and I remember like one thing led to another and um, met up my workout partner that I still live with today, Joe Bugai at Flex Fitness. And we just kind of hit it off. And so that's where my nickname came from because, you know, Joe's like 260. And I mean, hell, I'm 5'5", five, five, tiny. And he, uh, my goal was to outlift him all the time. And I mean, he tortured the shit out of me. Like he didn't ever let me go up in quarter increments or anything like that. It was always like a 45, yeah. like everything. So after a couple of years, I think I was at a lunch one day and somebody was mentioning how they had a really great bench press and they did powerlifting. I was like, what's powerlifting? I'm like, oh yeah, uh, here's my record stuff. I think it was like APF record, state record. So I was like, well shit, I can almost bench that much, you know? So that's, I was like, maybe I'll give it a shot. So I found a meet up in Decatur, signed up for USPA meet. I remember going to weigh-ins and Charlie was hosting it and, uh, I walked in, they're like, okay, you got your single? I'm like, yep. He's like, where's your other gear? I'm like, what's the other gear? I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, what about your shoes? I'm like, I got my shoes on my feet right here. Like, that's it. And I got socks. I don't have a belt. I don't have shit else. I didn't know there was other stuff. Um, so did that meet. Uh, I needed to have like an 11.63 total to qualify for nationals. And I got like 11.66. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go to Vegas in two months. So went to Vegas, probably added another 40 or 50 pounds on my total in two and a half months. And then, you know, really liked the people that I started meeting. And that was kind of it. And after that, I was kind of bit. And I was like, okay, well, I think I can do this. And, you know, it seems to be fun. And I could be doing worse things. That was the way I looked at it. And then, you know, fast forward five years through COVID, now I have a gym and everything else. I mean, it's just, it's kind of surreal. And I've met so many amazing people and it's like a tight knit community, but like that community is globally based. So like I can have a conversation with somebody now through social media that's on the other side of the planet and we can talk about something and then, you know, try things out. So I really, I really think social media is probably the greatest thing ever to happen to the sport. And that's kind of like, you know, not just online coaching, but just the community side of it. I mean, you see a lot of people like Joe Sullivan and everybody. I've met all of them, and I met, like, uh, Julius Maddox and, you know, Ben Pollock and all these people. And it's just really cool how, like, the superstars in powerlifting are not like another sport. Like, I can never walk up to Tom Brady at a game and be like, hey, man, what's up? But I can go to any meet or convention and be like, Hey, I'm a big fan. You know, uh, saw you were doing this. Can you explain to me why you're doing this? You'll be like, yeah, it's because of this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. So, like, and all these people have degrees in kinesiology and stuff like that. And so, like, I'm a sponge. So, when I go to a big meet and I see somebody who's very headsy, I learn everything I can from them. And that's why when I go to the American Pro as a coach uh, in October, I'm just literally going to be in full sponge mode and I'm going to absorb everything I can and then apply it to everybody that I know. And I'll help anybody, not just my athletes. I will stop and help anybody anytime. That's just how I am. Nice. That's good. You want to give us yours? 
Get I am short. Millard's, Millard's <laughs> intro to powerlifting. Uh, there was moonshine involved. No, uh, my intro, I was, I played ball and stuff in school and things like that. It wasn't never no, like, I never went to college or anything like that. Uh, I grew up a different life than that. Uh, grew up hard and tough and worked. Granddaddy had us in the woods working, stuff like that. Uh, well, I moved to Tuscaloosa, uh, had kids. I was almost 300 pounds, went through a divorce. Uh, whenever I went through the divorce, I decided to get back in the gym. And I dropped from almost 300 pounds to 190 pounds. Well, once I got down to that weight, I was still lifting. And some friends that did powerlifting asked me if, to try it. And I was like, never done it. I don't know anything about that. They said, but you're already lifting more than some people already. And I was like, especially at my age and weight, because I was already 40 years old. And I was like, well, uh, sure, why not? I'll try it. Well, I tried it, loved it. Um, then I wanted more. I've always been one that wants more. I, I'm going to push the limit. I'm going to try and make everything that I have. And I found Chris online, and I messaged him, asked him to help me with my deadlift, because my deadlift sucked. <laughs> well, I sent him a video of my competition deadlift, and he's like, you just pulled 535, basically stiff leg, RDL. <laughs> he said, that's insane. So let's work on this. Let's try this, do this. And, and he, he corrected my form and my technique, and whenever he done so, I went from a 535 to a 585 instantly and my goal was to make 600 and well we've surpassed 600 All right yeah that was like your lifetime goal yeah <laughs> but uh, we surpassed it quickly and yeah. i was not expecting that um we uh i actually pulled 600 with a twisted disc and strained quad tendon that was the most impressive thing <laughs> that I've done, I guess you'd say. I yeah. don't shit though, so. Yeah, you're the one that loaded it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty easy on the other side sometimes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was it was a interesting day because I was already hurt and he knew I was hurt, but he's like, "You got this. It's it, you're fine." So, I went for it and ended up pulling it on a day I was hurt. Yeah. Powerlifting 101 there. Yeah, don't quit because it will happen. <laughs> trying to think. I thought, yeah. you had, I thought you had some other ones. Yeah, what else you got over there? I had, that was my main one was like how you came to be. Yeah. Like how you develop, how Team Smurf came to be a thing yeah, in your journey to it. We can transition to that and also yeah. where you're coaching philosophy comes from what style do you use and how do you know when to apply it to certain people so when i started off by myself i was like pretty much everybody else out there like it was like youtube and you know like reddit powerlifting subgroups i became friends with all the moderators there yeah t nation of course <laughs> arm day again so oh, uh, like uh, being older i was always like you know, like, ah, I probably shouldn't overdo it, you know, I need to do this right. So I, that 
and coming from a gym that was full of bodybuilders when they're like leg day, chest day. So, I mean, I followed that too. And then as I learned more through just trial and error and learning what not to do, I stumbled into like, uh, Shaco's style, but then also kept the bodybuilding style of things because I knew what worked, but I learned that powerlifting is best when you apply frequency. So it wasn't like leg day. It was like legs today, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. Shoulders this day, that day. Like you don't need to rest as much as people are resting. They are wasting their time. So if I can work out legs three times a week, well, at the end of the year, I worked out 66% more than you did. I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. Like, and that's it. So I got two years more training than you did. And so once I saw how my numbers escalated immediately just by changing the frequency and volume, even though I, like, I didn't really max out. Like to me, I would just go more, never really used RPE, but I could tell what, what was there and what wouldn't be there on certain days. So that's kind of led to my later formulas for each athlete to where I'll put a window because who knows, you might've had not enough sleep or whatever that day. So an effort to not produce a failure, which still does happen, I'll put a window. And whenever I get a message like this is flying, what do you want to do? I'm like, step on it right now let's go see what's there because not only is it the physical adaptation but you're getting the mental adaptation to it as well and you know the difference between heavy and really fucking heavy mm -hmm. so that helps you when it comes to a meet because in a meet you are going to have to do all three lifts in one day and that's another thing that i learned through trial and error of myself fridays is sbd because when you condition your body to be able to do a whole meet in three or four hours, you're going to beat everybody else. And now I've seen that the American Pro is actually adapting that same format. Their main days now are SPD, you get 20 to 30 minutes between lifts, and it's time to roll again. They oh, said yeah. they want conditioned mm -hmm. athletes. So that's awesome because that builds the sport more into a media-based sport now because you've shortened the window there's not people just sitting around all the time there's action and that's what they need to do in order to take our niche sport and get it a broader base and get it onto you know i guess other avenues as such as tv which i mean there's been sporadic things here and there wpo yeah i mean it, it could happen so and especially with the way everything is now like you could have uh let's just say Hulu, for example, have a powerlifting channel. Like you could actually feasibly do that now. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, yeah, you're never, if it's not ESPN, nobody's ever going to know this existed, yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, Nobody, that's not made for TV, you know? No. You yeah. have to keep people interested. Yeah, you can see it in other sports too. I mean, that's why baseball's, uh, what, they shortened the pitching time or whatever, and yep. then football is all offense now. They moved the kickoff back. All the things they're doing now is – to speed the game up and more points, more yeah. points, more eyes. And powerlifting is going to be the same way. The, and I think the old school way, Ronald mentioned this as well, but the old school way was like you're saying, like uh, Ed Cohn was the strongest guy in the meet. He went back to back. Yep. He got a two minute rest and did his second and third. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's going to take. And that's probably going to mean 
lower numbers slightly, especially at first, but then better shows. Because yeah, sure. not conditioned for. Well, and because I mean, well, it's if be you got more competitive, because yeah. then people can actually like that third deadlift is going to mean something. When yeah, like, I'll do this. For sure. No, I'll do that. You know, yeah. then you just really get. It'll be like weightlifting. Yes. And weightlifting is the same way because you have the short rest time and it's harder anyways. You can't produce max force with a clean like you could a deadlift. But when you have 10 minutes, that makes a huge difference on rest. You know, people aren't going to be as strong probably ever if you're doing two-minute rest between lifts well, as like, opposed to 10. That's like in different jobs as well, though. You yeah. think about the jobs that everybody has. They've worked all day. In some cases, he works outside. I work outside. Chris does sometimes. Uh, sometimes work in a hot shop sometimes. <laughs> walk away from the air conditioner every now and then. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that also takes a lot of energy out of you. And, and you go to the gym and you're training for another two to four hours, and, you know, you're trying to give it everything that you have. So. I'd say you're pretty conditioned. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have an advantage of conditioning over other people for sure. And you're working out in the sun all the time in the heat and then going to the gym anyways and doing the damn thing, especially if you have an SBD day that day, that day too, you know? SBD, and with Chris, SBD is death anyway. Hell. Hell on earth. It's good. I can't wait till this podcast's over, by the way. <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> I've seen the workout. And and that's kind of another thing, too. Like, when it being the chip on my shoulder type person, and I've always worked out with people stronger than me. I always have. And, like, tonight, I'm probably going to do their numbers. That's just how I, I'm just competitive like that. Like, I'm like, fuck it. I don't care if I'm giving up 75 to 100 pounds. So I'm just going to fucking do their numbers. Like, that's just me. I think the advantage in powerlifting is um, you can do that. You can just kind of push it a lot more than – in some ways you can push it more than other sports, and in other ways you can't. Like um, like on meet day or even in, in the gym, when something's not there, like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to put in 110% effort and just go all day. It's, it doesn't work like that. In football, baseball, basketball, you can do that. You can be like, oh, my shot's not going in in basketball, so I can just play more defense. In football, it's like I can run my route better this time. You know, there's lots of ways to get around it, but in powerlifting, it just doesn't work that way. But in the gym, you definitely can feed off other people competitively <laughs> yep. and, and try and do more. It's a big difference from our gym where we're at now at Strong. Uh, whenever you're at our gym, yes, there's people in there that, you know, cheer you on to make your lifts and so forth. But you go to Chris's gym, it's just a total different atmosphere yeah. and things come out of nowhere. Uh, that's where I ended up pulling 661 and didn't have a clue it was even there. <laughs> but, you know. And jeans. And jeans. And a button-up. Let me say dress is Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. I just wanted to take some pictures. <laughs> I just wanted to take some pictures. Question for y'all. So, I've, just me personally, Brian, uh, Josh Price, he always asks this, but I, I just like to ask with um, like people that have kids, because me myself, I have young kids. So um, just with like with life going on with like your job, you have kids, all the responsibilities you have. How do you juggle everything with staying competitive at a high level while also doing everything else that you guys do? I'll let you go first, Millard. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, you have to have some help at home you really do uh 
and not to mention my kids are older, so they, you know, I can leave them for a few hours by themselves. Not the one that's in her belly right now. Yeah, but that one is on the way. Okay. It's baking in the oven, all right? <laughs> I'm too old to be having any more, but here I am. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to worry about yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, it's twins. Uh, not not lucky. You're going to be at the gender reveal, though, so don't worry. You'll find out. My sister's doing it. Boys. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, I did put in a request for your wings, okay? Oh, thank God. Those are the best chickens I've ever heard. Where? My sister cooks. Oh, 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 oh. I was, I, was on, I was on the strict diet to make weight for the meat, and I had one. I was like, fuck it. I can wait a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> my sister can cook yes so finish finish answering how uh the balance is you have to have help uh it's not easy um you have to work together you know sometimes i even have to go home and, and get the kids or whatever and whatever the situation may be i have to uh, work around them you know if my son or my daughters have a cheerleading at a game or whatever, I have to go do that. So I take and put my workout off for that day and then come Saturday or something wherever I'm off or the next day I'm off, I pick it up then. Uh, Chris is definitely gonna ask you though, if you don't send him your videos, hey, did you work out yesterday? <laughs> He's gonna hold you accountable. So, because he does train good athletes and he's really good at what he does. So, now how do you juggle all this? Oh, I forgot your wife lives at home. Uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> and she's got your credit card. I get up early in the morning. I like I I'm always on go. For yeah. me, like uh, four thirty up in the morning, I do a little bit of programming and video review. Then, so now I started going to the gym at five in the morning, and I'll do I'll do a workout or stretch routine early in the morning go to work at like 6.30, work till 4, get off, go straight to the gym, do my group session there, then go home, write more programs. Like basically the, the easiest thing to do is cut down sleep and eliminate television. And <laughs> like that's how you get time. So yeah. that's it. Like, so sacrifice. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, like – Yeah, I, I just – I just have gotten so used to this that it's just normal to me. Um, you know, so it is nice though to unplug sometimes, but it's weird to unplug. And I'm like, wow, my phone's not going off like 3,000. Like, I mean, er, any given day I'm having conversation with 50 to 60 different people. Like when, like, when we go to the river and you lose signal? Yeah, on purpose. Yeah. 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 It is, yeah. A little digital break. Yeah, but the other side, like Miller was saying, at my gym, like my wife and my kids come to the gym too, though. So, yeah. you know, and my middle son is the one who's come the lifter. And Good I'm God. sure my youngest is going to catch on to it too. I mean, they, I never asked them to do it. They just do it because they want to, which I wish I would have had access to stuff like that when I was younger. I had no access to anything, no knowledge. I mean, not just having access to the information, but the gym i had no way to do that like i just did what i could do which was run we kind of talked to ronald tarvin about that yesterday or last week as well like the access to not only training is easier and then the access to information is like 
so much bigger than it used to be, even right. 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it used to be, you know, people would, in high school, they would plan to play sports in college, or after high school, if you're an athlete, it was like, you know, playing a sport in college, but now you have kids in high school that are power lifters, and they are like, when I graduate high school, I want to power lift, like, that's what I want to do. It's not like, whereas, you know, you'd have college athletes before, like Ronald, that, you know, competed in athletics, and then after after there was no other options, they're like, well, what do we do now to be competitive? Yeah. Or like Jawan. Right. Yeah, Jawan Garrison. Yeah. Same Absolute way. freak. Yes. Yep. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Playing semi-pro football at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now. And it was like, well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Now. Uh, oh, I'll just be. Top five. <laughs> yeah. Ever. <laughs> but that, that segue into what you were saying, my, my middle son is like that too. Like. He's just bit by it. He's like, if if I go to college, it'll just I'll just go lift. And I was like, they'll pay for you to go there if you're good, you and know. Like, and that's so crazy. He is bottom a long way since he started. He has that mentality though. Like, he's just he has a different switch. But I mean, I know where he got it from. But it's just weird to see like those things manifest into your children because yeah. it's innate, just like intelligence. Like, you can't teach somebody that and. And I have a few athletes where I know they have that extra gear, I guess you could say it is. And you can't teach grinding to anybody. Like most people are going to be like, mm, and put it down. But somebody, yeah, but somebody who's just got that fucking grit in them and yeah. will just keep going, like that shit gets me so hyped. I'm, I'll be fucking like crying. I mean, like, holy fucking shit, that was like 10 seconds long. You know, I mean, that's how I am. I mean, like, I just love that. I think it goes beyond that, even. Um, I know different example of the same thing is the most recent video that kind of went viral of the bodybuilder that passed away and wherever the fuck it was at. Um, or whatever it was in the Middle East somewhere. <laughs> but either way, uh, my brother actually sent that to me and he was like, you need to chill and stop doing all this stuff i don't understand why anybody does it and i was like well you just won't ever understand then like i'm not gonna stop just because one guy died that's like that's literal one in a yeah, million let, yeah look let's be honest stop driving a car because yeah. it's way more dangerous because yeah, exactly, then you're worried exactly. about it'd be like somebody having a squat bar on their back and running at you yeah okay yeah. so like that's a lot more dangerous than you actually having control now not knowing what to do with it and having an experience, that's anything, yep. anything. You can fall off a ladder and die. Yep. You know, I mean, you should know. Drown in a puddle. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, humanity teaches one thing that's like, okay, where's the exit? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's uh, the first thing yeah. you need to, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we do crazy shit, but I mean, it's always within a, a modicum of safety, like in a sandbox. You, yeah. you don't want to be stupid. Yeah, as safe well, as you can be. At. Well, I'm saying you got spotters, you know. Yeah, it, you're when, as safe as you can yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I fuck around a lot, but I mean, I also know when, like, okay, I, like, I'll be like, get Hold up. No, no. I I remember somebody was supposed to be spotting me one day and they were sitting over on the other side of the team. Oh, I got you. No problem. Jesus was behind you. You're fine. I can can spot you right here. Yeah. Spot you from over here. Just throw that shit on the floor. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. He's literally on the other side of the room. He's like, I did have a megaphone though. So, yeah. I mean, you were, yeah. I mean, I was calling you. You were prepared. Back, back. The fucker, back. 
It's really his fault because you yeah, were prepared. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can do it. That's what, my friends ask me that all the time. They're like, are you still fast? I'm like, fuck, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't run anymore, but like, I'm way stronger than I used to be. So it's probably still there. I'd probably be sore as hell. Fast-ish. Okay. My wife did challenge me to a sprint like about three months ago because she was just, my wife talks mad shit. I love her. She's like, you can't fucking run anymore. You're old. Blah, 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 blah. She, I was like, let's go in the street right now. So we go out in the street. We go out in the street. My neighbors are like, what the fuck is going on? She just keeps talking shit. I'm like, all right, you ready? So I was like, I'll give you a 10-yard head start. She's like, okay. Well, I just smoked by her. And she's like, you you cheated. You said go. I was like, all right, you said go. This time, I'm going to run backwards. So she said go. I went right by her. I was like, baby, that's all you got. And I was like, I went back in the house. She was sucking wind. I was like, damn, I'm not even winded after doing all that. She was like, I guess I'm doing something right because I sure as hell don't do cardio. She was not happy. So. But, you know, that that's it. Still, you know, I can do what I need to. Besides that, does anyone remember the last time they were in a full sprint, like running as fast as you possibly could? Yeah. It's been a long time. I haven't run like that in a long time. So to go along with that, Pac-Man Jones, <laughs> I, what, he's 40 yeah. now? Yeah. He, he ran a 40 on the show. Did you see that? No, I didn't okay, so, go watch it. So they said, like, uh, you you're not fast anymore. You're old. And he was like, "Let me show you. I can run a four two or four three. Four four, I think. It was four three or four four. He was like, I can run it. I can jog a four three. And they were like, uh, Well, you're gonna have to show us now that you said that. And he, I think he made like four or five attempts, and he ran four three the last attempt, and pulled both hammies. He's like, he's like walking away. He's like, Don't y'all ever fucking talk about me like that again. <laughs> Fuck y'all. He's like, <laughs> both legs are locked up. And he's Where like. I'm done, yeah. but don't ever talk about me again. Yeah. So, same deal there. Yeah, yeah. but those, Just, dude, to play in the NFL, like, at that level, those dudes are absolute freak athletes. Oh, yeah. He's, he freak could, athletes. I mean, he could, he's 40, but he could still play right now. Yeah. There's a lot of people he could still lock up. All right, Millard and Chris. So, we asked, we've asked everyone this, but if you had the opportunity to sit down with – Anyone in the fitness industry, past or present, it could be like powerlifter, bodybuilder, strongman. Who would you like to sit down with or hang out with for, you know, anybody, the top choice or top two or top three? If you can't make. I guess the main one I would like to actually meet in person would probably be Louis Simmons, which is gone now. You know, he, he trained some of the best lifters there ever was uh, and there's a lot of people that still do his training uh, I would like to know how in the world at his age he was still deadlifting seven, over 700 pounds you know it just it was just insane so that that would probably be the the main one that I would like to meet in person and, and question you know how to do things and maybe do better for myself so surprised we haven't heard louis yet from anyone or yeah. ourselves with with me honestly i i think uh i mean louis a great answer um but i think i would like to probably lift with dave tate just because he's got that same kind of mentality as me where he can be funny 
and joking at times, but then when it's time to go, like, he's fucking serious. Yeah. But he knows his shit, too, and he can he can see everything like Louie. Like, he, the way they break down things in real time, I understand why it costs so much money to train three days with him. It's like two grand. To yep, the train your ass. I looked at it. Yeah. I looked at it. I, got, I was just curious. I, I got curious. It's yeah, like, know, two, it's like mean, two and a half grand. But it's like you have somebody who's seen everything, done everything, can break you down into minor components and, and make you better. It, it'd be worth it, you know, to do that. And, you know, and – not just because he's a lifter too, but because he also took that niche sport and turned it into a thriving business. So, and he did that while being a full-time father and everything. I mean, like he balanced everything well, you know, granny beat the shit out of himself. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and he'll tell you his stories too. You know, he puts it all on YouTube. Like, I don't know how my wife lived with me. Uh, I always think about one time when he, he said, like, okay, I can't be fucking going to bed past 8 o'clock tonight because I got to meet in six months. You know, like, that was, that was it. Like, that's how serious he took it. You know, like, he always talks about that all in. You know, I mean, I, I'm serious, but I, 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 I'm never – I wish I was that serious. Maybe I was with football and track and stuff like that back then when I was younger. But, I mean, I can't do that now. I mean, I, I like – no, it's impossible. But I mean, I appreciate and understand what they're doing when they get to that point. And so when I see some of when I have a new person come to me for training and they're like, I'm going to do this. I mean, I'm like, hmm, OK, I mean, I know right away, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's the one percent of the one percent of the one percent, period. And people don't understand what that actually means to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this because you could ask him like, uh, so did you do your warm-ups yesterday? No, I skipped it. Okay, so you're not all in. You know, you're not doing it. So don't bullshit me and tell me you're going to do this and that and everything. You know, you, you can't make up for missed time and stuff like that. Like, I prefer to just take things and say, just let it go and just move on, you know. Or if it's not there today, it's not there. Don't Don't harp on it where, you know, I want the best for everybody, but I also try to temper expectations, especially with a new person, because they're like, I'm going to total this, and then in three months, I'm going to total this, and where do you think my numbers are going to be here? I'm like, motherfucker, let's just start lifting again and see what happens. You know, like, I, I, if I had a crystal ball, I'd be rich, you know? Like, I would be fucking playing the lottery, you know? And that's probably better odds than me predicting your numbers, because a lot of shit could happen. Oh, uh, my wife and I are going through hard times. My son got sick. Uh, I got sick. Like, all that shit happens. So you can't set yourself up for failure by putting a target up on the wall. And the thing that pissed me off the most when I left the last meet was, I mean, all of my athletes killed it, which I love. And that's that's all I give a shit about. And my son's like, Dad, how come you don't do that good with me? And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, you like putting 250 pounds on your toe? He's like, yeah, great meat. What happened to you? I'm like... Well, I couldn't deadlift or squat for two weeks because I fucked myself up, you know, but I don't ever make excuses. I just go out there and I know what I can do. It's me going out and showing everybody else what they can do yeah. and calling those numbers and shocking the shit out of them because everybody does that with me. They're like, I don't want to know what's on the bar. Just put it on there. If you think I can do it, I'll fucking do it. And I love that level of trust. Yeah. Ronald said the last, uh, like the same thing. Remember last week he was talking about he would rather see his yeah. athlete 
succeed more than himself. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's most coaches, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And you recently had an athlete that was asked to back out of a out of a uh, one of the lifts just so that they could win, and I I didn't, I laughed so hard at that one. Yeah. No. Millard was offered cash money to back out of bench only at nationals. Uh, I'm just not made that way, though. Yeah, yeah you didn't know that? <laughs> you didn't know that? God literally messaged me and asked me to back out of bench press only in a 242 so that he could win it. And then when he didn't do it, the guy ate himself up to another weight class. Yeah. What an animal. Yeah. <laughs> Beast. So I was like, that's what – I just can't do it. I'm not made that way. If you want it, you got to take it. So was he able to get a record in bench only in 275? Yes, he did. Wow. I'd say I'll do it for a hundred grand. <laughs> I would have done not it for a cent less. I would have done it for much less. <laughs> he offered to pay my entry. I was like, no. That's if, not if enough. You, if mm-hmm. you want it, you got to – you you got to take it from me if you want it. And I didn't even bench my normal bench at that meet. So, yeah. Beta males at nationals. That's USPA for yep. you now. Yep. And that's that's one thing I kind of like going with, like, I, I won't say, like, I guess my crew, but, like, the team, we all travel really well. Even at, like, nationals, I had eight people in it, and we had a bunch of people that came down just to, you know, be there with us and help, too. So, it helps run everything much smoother having a group and being a meet in Alabama. I might have 25 people there. Like as a lifter, you don't have to do shit. Yeah. Like all you have to do is lift because somebody's already loading your attempts. They got all your warm up sheets. They have everything done. You don't have to do anything except know, oh, it's my turn to go. Like, and then that's it. Like you're completely dedicated to that moment. And, you know, I try to give that full experience to every single lifter that I have and just, just let us drive because we do it every day in training with the same people and they know me backwards and forwards and they know how we roll through things, how long, you know, so you have a totally green lifter who like I was and had no clue how to do shit. And I try to help facilitate and get rid of that, you know, and I mean, yeah, it's a, it's like a Cadillac experience, but I mean, that's, that's kind of what we, we want to show them like how fun the sport can be when you don't have to stress out like, Here's how, here's how you need to make weight. Here's what you need to bring with you tomorrow. Like I have all that stuff down pat and we'll tell people like, don't eat that. Don't be, you know, like, yeah. don't make the mistakes I made. Let me make all those things. You just go lift. I think it, earlier I said cult like, but it's in an endearing way. Like you just have, even if there's one lifter, you'll have 10 people there. Yep. Everybody's supporting everyone, but at the same time supporting your team. And hell, a little cheer for cool people we don't even know that. That's what I'm saying, yeah. You know, I mean, that, yeah. that's it. Like, uh, like I said, I, I don't know how many bars I loaded and unloaded at Nationals yeah. and warm-ups for people that I've never met or may never meet again just because I know how stressed out they are. I can see them because, like I was telling you all before we started, people are like, I need this many kilos. I was like, dude, let's just put this on the bar. Just roll with it. What's your opener? All right, you'll be fine. Like, just go with it. Don't stop freaking out looking at your phone every three seconds because you need to pay attention to what you're doing. Like, make sure your knee sleeves are not touching your socks. Like yeah, shit first, like that. Yeah. You know, like, is your singlet on? Like, that's what you need to be worrying about. And it's also good to have extra hands for you to be able to go 
where your lifter's at lifting and while the others are warming up, you have somebody that can help them warm up. So, you know, it, it's also good to have that. So, Bunch of assistant coaches. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. knows really. how he is yeah. and how he wants things done. And, and Chris is very personal with all of his athletes. He's, he knows them on some kind of personal level at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I if I've ever answered this before to people, but like uh, the the reason I got into coaching, like I had a lot of people ask me when I first started, like, oh, you want to coach me? I'm like, no, I'm I'm not good enough yet. And I said when I started, I'm not coaching anybody till I total elite by myself because that means I know what it takes to go from beginner to the highest level there is by myself with nobody telling me what to do so once i finally got to that elite level um i remember uh christy was the first one to ask me to coach her and i was like oh shit i hope i don't fuck this up she's really strong you know like and i mean i didn't know her at all i just knew she was had a great deadlift and uh you know she struggled with bench and for me like bench is my thing like so that's one thing that i'm really proud of and i, I don't know it's just god gift to me or something i i don't know how i can just binge yeah but i can just do it go I mean, for it yeah and i mean at, at my weight doing 400 pounds is very unheard of but i mean i've done it a few times i want to do it in comp where it matters <laughs> but i mean I, i've done it before and you know and going into it seeing everybody else achieve things like i mean even josh like watching josh when he first came to me and he was struggling with like 315 now he can fuck around with 315 and he's like look no legs you know like i mean like it doesn't matter and but i take pride in that because when i'm writing for every single person that i do write for and it's it's all literally handwritten every single day there's no there's no template or anything i say i can put myself in other people's shoes i've always been really good about that and i can visualize what's going on with them mechanically and that's the engineering side of me that's what i do for a living is mechanical engineering so that's what coaching is i say all right he does this so i need to i need to work on this i need to work on that on and when i come out i'm going to tell him to back off this way or move his hand here or try this and so i can break everything down into little bitty segments and then when it all starts coming together it's such an awesome feeling when i start seeing the headway and that goes across the board for everybody like uh, another one of my lifters, uh, Henry, up at my gym, like he started with me about four months ago. He never pulled 500. He'd flip flop between sumo and conventional, back and forth. Well, three weeks ago, we tried for a 500 conventional and he got pinned. I was like, let's just fucking try sumo. He's like, I haven't tried sumo in like six months. I'm like, fuck it, let's try it. Well, he pulled it and he's like, holy shit. I'm like, okay. Well, yesterday he pulled 501 for two. And I'm like, okay, everything is clicking. He just set a PR on squats, like PR on bench. Yeah. And I love watching how in that short time frame of just fixing little things, that just seeing the rapid progress, like the newbie gains things are so cool to me because people are just <laughs> like fucking PR. And like when you can leave the gym feeling like a million bucks, it's great. Yeah. So I, I don't like when somebody says like, had a great bench day, but squats suck dick. You know, I'm like, but you, you did this, you know? So there's, I'm really good at spinning shit too. I, I told this, I tell this to people all the time. I'm like, 
Like, <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah. listen to me. I, I, I like the salesman's <laughs> dream, okay? Like, I, I, my father was a used car salesman. So I, oh, I tell people every day, I'm on. like, I will tell you whatever the fuck it takes for you to move that fucking bar. Like, I will come up with the craziest shit imaginable. You'll be like, fuck yeah, let's go run through that wall. I'm like, I don't know what they gave me. But I mean, like, yeah. that's because I, I know when somebody can do something and I know when they can't. And when they can't, I'm like, stop. You know, like, I, that's it. I know when to when to shut it down. But if I know something's there, I'm like, fucking quit being a pussy goat. It's awesome that you can work around injuries as well, though. But that comes from me fucking myself up all the time. Like, yep. oh, I know how to fix that. Fuck that up before. So that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the good thing about me being older as well and having all of the background in sports and everything like that and all the different injuries. I have I have great relationships with PTs that I still go to to this day after my car wreck that can break everything down mechanically for me and then I take that and apply immediately. Yeah. So I mean I'm like a I'm like a conduit for everything and I have PTs that are members of my gym that can help with stuff right there like dry needling everything just right there boom like mid session hey my pecs kind of acting up boom dry needle fix all right I'm rolling through bench. Like I love that. I mean, it's, and and I get that at meets too. So that's once again like that Cadillac experience. It's really nice to be like, this is kind of aching. I'll fix it. Done. And I'm a hundred percent. Or you have somebody jab a elbow in your shoulder or whatever it right. takes. Right. Whatever or it takes to loosen you up. Or jar of moonshine. Whatever. Uh, well, moonshine works well for everything. Right? Uh-huh. Definitely barrier. loosens you up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, moonshine to make you do strange things. Uh. Yeah. Deadlift a truck. <laughs> Been there before. Not the moonshine part, but I think we're good. Carson has to roll out for a sleep test. Oh, yeah. I'm, hopefully, I'm getting a CPAP. CPAP. CPAP game. <laughs> Super heavy. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to 308. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. just going to get absolutely diabetes and not be able to breathe the wind up the stairs turbo bowl but i may squat squat. you don't have to walk into the bar (laughs) y'all shout out your social media so we can look you guys up all right uh you can find me on instagram at lentini lifts heavy and then also the gym is uh iron empire barbell club and uh you know Try to make as many acquisitions and get unique equipment as possible when it comes to this crazy sport. So I'm always picking new things up. So, you know, you can come and try it anytime. It's only $5 for a guest pass for a day pass. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not getting rich off guest passes, but I want people to experience, you know, that elite level equipment yeah. that you get on the platform and you can go in there and try it out, you know, and maybe that'll be a gateway for, you know, younger kids. That's really what I'm looking at to build stuff for the future. Yeah. Well, I can be found on Instagram at country twenty two eleven fifty five. Yeah, that's that's, that's which the is, one which is his age. <laughs> yeah, you add it all together and divide it by fifty five or something. No, I wasn't going to try to shout that one out because I couldn't remember the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine though, Brian. No, but thank y'all for having me. That was cool. this is awesome. It's Appreciate you coming by. It's been fun. Um, yeah, so that's been your Friday night at the Barbell with Josh Sellers, Carson Wendell, Bryant Wood, and the Smurfs. <laughs>